just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave and I'm here with Matt and Jess. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Did I throw you off by not saying my last yes, name? Yes, I was going to say. What, since what so, you it just say feels Dave? So, so formal. Hello, my name is David James Warnicky, and I'm here with Matthew James Stewart and uh, Jessica Ann Perkins. Thank you. Thank you for having What's me uh, at this book club meeting. A book club meeting? Yeah. Well, what are we reading this week? This week we are reading Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, Truman Capote. A classic. Um, Matt, your, your opinions on this novella? Uh, I think it's really good. I like that weird uh, racist stereotype part. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where, uh, Tell me more. The, the landlord mm-hmm. is uh, he's in yellow face. And he, um... did, Matt, did you watch the film instead of reading the book again? Fuck. Yeah, that bit where Audrey Hepburn... Yeah. Oh, no. I liked Audrey Hepburn's portrayal. Oh, no. Oh, no. What have I done? You're out of the book club, mate. That's your third and final strike. Look, what, just because I've never read a book before? Yeah. That's... That, and remember the pants incident? Yeah. I wore, <laughs> I wore pants. I'm sorry. No, man, it was that you weren't wearing pants, Jay. Oh. pants incident. And remember the time I asked you to pick up the Monte Carlos? It was your turn to get the Monte Carlos? What oh. did you bring? What did you bring? Kingston's. Kingston's. Oh, who likes Kingston's? Apparently a lot who... of people. But I prefer Monte Carlos. I ate them on the way. and um, You were left with Kingston's. I was left with the backup Kingston's. Uh, Every car should carry a packet of emergency uh, Kingston's. All right, Monte Carlo, number one. Mm-hmm. Then you've got... Probably the Kingston's maybe in two. Ooh, okay. Uh, then I reckon I'd go to the uh, the chocolate creams, whatever they're called. Delta cream. Delta creams. Mm, they're pretty good. Uh, then this is a good chat. I think Lois is the orange creams. Yeah. Orange slice. It's orange slice, okay. Number this two. is really accessible for our international listeners. Too. All right, so a Delta is cream is not... pretty much like a cheap Oreo. Yeah, basically, oh, no. yeah. Only nice. And Monte Carlo's. 
I like Monte Carlos. Yeah, can't beat them. Cannot beat that them. That weird red lining around the weird white what, cream what stuff. What is that? I don't know, but I love it. What a time to be alive. What a time. All right, well, I'm going to take you back in time this week with uh, my topic. Should we get straight into it? Let's do it. Let's wow. bloody do it. This is efficient. I like it. I reckon the people, people are going to love this. They might appreciate that. Like, thank God. Thank God, they were talking about biscuits. And yours are usually quite long, too. I've got a long one. Of course you do. All right, mate. And my report's yeah. quite big, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> He's on fire. All right, so uh, we're going to start my uh, topic with a question. And by the way, this is the first one that the Patreon uh, patrons have uh, been able to vote on my topic. Yeah, so I gave yeah. them three options, so maybe we'll, I'll work in, uh, give you the two backup options... After I we, we announce the, yeah, cool. the winner, okay. I believe, and it's so awkward watching you butcher the spine segment that I worked up over months. That's interesting. It it was it was probably the best part of the show, and now that you're doing it poorly, it is. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the muff on my mic this week, so I've got to really watch my peas. I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure there's a word for it that isn't muff. <laughs> there probably is, but yeah. Anyway. No P's. Unfortunately, P stands with, starts with P. <laughs> it's hard to. So whenever I say P, it starts with the P sound. I think yeah. every time you say you say P, you just replace it with an O. Okay. O E. <laughs> okay, that worked. Right. So, uh, my no. question is. Yep. To both of you. Yes. Us. Okay. Who? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dayton, Ohio's. <gasps> yes. Ohio. Favorite sons. Sons. Dayton, Dayton Ohio's favorite sons. So they're siblings? Dayton. Ohio. Maybe. Yes, they are siblings. We'll just, uh, okay. Which brothers are Mark. Dayton, Ohio's favorite sons? I have one. Um, oh, no, Matt, I think I've got this. I don't. Yeah, okay. Well, let's throw it over to it's Jess. Mario and Luigi. Are they from Dayton, Ohio? Yeah. Oh. They are, but they actually came runner up. In the uh, Favourite Sons poll. Interesting. Speaking wow. of classic polls. Mm. Dayton, Ohio. Because we had another Ohio topic very recently as well. Ohio. We're okay. in Ohio country at the moment. We're in a real Ohio purple patch. Well, I mean, you've got oh, a... Purple patch is not good for the lack of peas. Purple patch. O-purple, o You've got to play to <laughs> to your audience. And we've got a lot of Ohio listeners. Yeah, yeah we do. Okay, so it's not Mario and Luigi. I really thought I had it there. Favorite um, sons. Is it a team? No, it is two brothers. Okay. Favorite. Okay. Did they play for the uh, for the Buckeyes, the Ohio State University Buckeyes? They did not. Okay. Did they? For they did not need college where they were going. Oh, where would you not need college? Uh, jail. Are they the oh, yeah, good one. Cray twins? Yeah, you're doing the Cray twins again, but they moved to Ohio. <laughs> no, but if they were to go to jail, maybe they could just fly over the prison wall. Okay, Superman and Superman's <laughs> brother John. Not quite as yeah. Superman Simon John. Kent. <laughs> Simon Kent. No, uh, Clarence Kent. Do you want to just tell you? <laughs> yeah, I have a funny feeling now that I know it's flying brothers. It's definitely. Uh, the, uh, Amelia Earhart the... and her brother Emilio. Oh, I was going to say the Turbo Turbo Toe Twins, but the ones who fly with powered toes—they got jetpack toes. You know the Turbo Toe Twins? 
Also known as the Wright Brothers. Oh. You are correct. <laughs> or the... could I say, right. Oh, very no. good. Did you write that joke? No, I don't have Did to. Did you write that joke? Jess made a joke on your joke. That is some amazing wordplay. Thank you We're so much. We are very, very smart. Thank All you. All these very intelligent jokes we make. Yeah. We're three smart people. The Wright Brothers, cool. Now, I remember doing a project about them. I know that you did that because when someone tweeted in this as a suggestion, I had to go back because I went back through to make sure no one else had tweeted in the su- suggestion. So I searched our Twitter handle and write. <laughs> and so uh, you'd written back, obviously, just saying, oh, wow, I did a project on them in grade four. I wonder how much I remember. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be much. Oh, good. And also, also in grade four, I did a project on the Black Box. Oh. don't remember a lot about that either. The Black Box Brothers. Yeah. A lot of flying, a lot of flying. Yeah. So, did you go to flight school? Yeah. Flight centre. I went to flight centre. Flight centre primary school. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Go yeah. on better. We all wore those cute little cravat things. Yeah. Yeah. Fly, fl- flyman's cravat. That's yeah. what the the guy flies a plane, the flyman? Flyman. Yeah. And the flyman. Uh, <laughs> no, the flyman. Flyman, yeah. Flyman. 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 Oh, no, I've hurt my flyman. <laughs> You trying to say phlegm again? Flyman. 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 Simon the Flyman. <laughs> flyman. Simon the Flyman. This is your Flyman, Simon speaking. Do you like my riff about how I'd hurt my Flyman? <laughs> I don't know what it means. I think I was trying to say something about Hyman, but yeah, I don't okay. fully know what a Hyman is. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I did. I broke it. <laughs> I broke it long ago. And, um... Yuck. Oh, what a start. Anyway. All right. Well, let me try and uh, rescue this... <laughs> episode by telling you that Matt seconds ago made fun of me for my poll mm-hmm. my, my Patreon poll <laughs> he looked at my poll and said that is a small poll <laughs> now my Patreon poll well let me just tell you Matt that my poll was closer than any of your polls ever were oh how's I that pe- feel dickhead? I, I picked th- topics that were so great that the uh, the patrons really struggled that's one way to spin it the other way is they were so bad that they didn't but they know which, sure which one to pick, pick. that's yeah. actually true uh, so I, I decided to have a topic. Yep. Oh. I went with brothers. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. That was my subject matter, I should say. Nice so uh, I'll tell just you. Just brothers, not siblings. Just brothers. No, I went with brothers because we had so many people. Ro- uh, cool. Went through the hat and I sort of categorised suggestions. So huh. the least popular suggestion, thirty-one percent of the vote. The least popular. Thirty-one percent. Wow. Stuart brothers. Yeah, no. you and your brother. <laughs> you and your bro. Fair no. enough too. Tom and Matt. Would have been, would have made for a really interesting fifteen yeah. minute chat. <laughs> and here he is. <laughs> yeah, we bring in your brother. Uh, we had uh, Jesse and Frank James. You know Jesse, Jesse James, James, the uh, outlaw criminals. But okay, yeah, cool. As opposed to the in-law criminals. <laughs> uh, in second place, thirty-three percent was uh, the Marx brothers, which ah. I believe Matt had also put in uh, as a vote before. Is that true? Did that come second before? No, no. You never made that a vote. Never made that a vote. This guy. And finally, uh, but the winning with only 36% of the vote. Wow. My brother. So really, it was only about three was, or four votes. I was about to be like, what was it? <laughs> what won? And, uh, 30, well, that would never have won one of my votes, 36. It's a, it's a paltry number. I always got more higher percentages, more higher. Mm-hmm. 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 So think about that, Dave. Well, you should have just been a... Uh, more higher. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Putting into a calculator and it says error. 
Uh, the topic of the Wright Brothers is suggested by three people on three separate mediums. We've got uh, oh. Tyler Schommer on email. Thank you, Tyler. David Nelson on Facebook. Thank you, David. And good old Pete Free. Pete! Which is two in a row that Pete, because Pete, she has suggested many things on Twitter. Good job, Pete. She did uh, The Summerton Man, my last topic, as well as the Wright wow. Brothers. Wow. Hot streak for Pete. Yeah, go Pete. Pete. Hot streak for Pete. All right. Keen for Pete, street for Pete. Let's do it. Street for Pete? Street for Pete. Yeah, we're going to name a street after her if she gets one more. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What was that? I loved it. Do it all the time now. I just didn't realize. Wow. (laughs) All right, we're going to do some Wright Brothers. Brothers. Do you know their names, Jess? Do you remember? Is one of them Edward or Edmund or Daniel? Gary. Kevin? William. I feel like Matt's probably more Henry? of a chance because... Stephen. Jan- Janiel. Janiel. We've already let you guess the topic. I'm not going to let you guess the names. Oh, but give me a clue because I reckon I might. Simon. Give me the first letter of D- the D- first W and O. Wilbur. And was it Wilbur? That's right. And... Uh, the second one is... Orville. Very good. Yeah, uh, and that, fuck I, off, you naysayer. Oh, piss off. You needed a clue. It does not count. If you go, <laughs> okay, yeah, to remember the names of Wilbur and go, Orville. You go on, who wants to be a millionaire? Nah, nah, mate, give us a clue. <laughs> Come on. Just, go on, Eddie. give us a... Eddie, I'll say the alphabet, and when I get to the right letter, you cough. Cough. <laughs> a. a. B. B. <coughs> B? Was that a genuine cough? <laughs> we'll do it again. We'll see. That. A. B. See, you didn't cough that time. <laughs> this is very confusing. That is that. That's the way of secretly getting the info out of Eddie, so no one else would notice. You say, when when I say the right letter, you cough. That's your secret plan. You so say that the into producer a of the shows don't realise. But my real secret plan is that I've got someone in the audience talking to me in my ear. See? Right. Wouldn't so, that be pretty obvious as well if they're just, no, but they're just looking, hanging over the And the especially because you keep touching your ear. And that's a, that. sec- that's a second mm-hmm. plant uh-huh. to put you off so you don't know that I'm actually the world's smartest man. <laughs> and I know the answer anyway. <laughs> hmm? People won't believe that. They'd rather believe you're a liar. Wilbur and Orville. Right. Wil- uh, Wilbur, born 1967. A good year. His younger brother, Orville. Orville. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that name. Have you heard that before? No. Born eighteen. 18- so it's Orville or Bill. Which one is it? Orville. I'm like, how else could you say it? Orville, Orville. It's an awful name. It is pretty bad. But he was born eighteen seventy one. They were two of the seven children born to Milton Wright, good name, a bishop in the Church of the United Brethren in Christ, and his wife Susan Catherine Corner. Susan. Uh, Wilbur was born near Millville, Indiana, and Orville. In Dayton, Ohio. Ohio. They moved around a lot, but most of the time they were based in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, the other siblings in the Ryan family were the older Roiklin. What? Yes. Jeez, they're all fucked names. Lauren. but Oh, L- yeah. But L-O-R-I-N, so uh, Lauren. Lauren. Uh, the younger Catherine. That's fine. Who the two brothers were very close with. And twins Otis and Ida, who both died in infancy. Oh, uh, in elementary school, Orville was given to mischief and was once expelled. Oh. He was, however, very clever and encouraged by his parents, and he wrote in his memoir, We were lucky enough to grow up in an environment where there was always much encouragement to children to pursue intellectual interests, to investigate whatever aroused curiosity. That's nice. 
Uh, their father, Milton, travelled a lot for his church work, and in 1878, he bought home a toy helicopter for the boys. Do you have to travel much for church work? I think he was uh, travelling. I kind of feel like you're assigned a church and that's it, isn't it? No, I think that they were sort of... Second family. Secret second family, for yeah, sure. Yeah, 100%. And he's bringing home toys just to make up for his absence. Yeah, 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 yeah big time. Covering that. So they're not asking questions. Mm-hmm. Busy with their toys. <laughs> second smart. family. Smart. Very smart. Very smart. Where, where's your other family? Have a toy. No more questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they've gone straight to where's your other family? <laughs> yeah. I told you they were encouraged to be inquisitive. Uh, so he brought home a toy helicopter for the boys. It was made of coik. Ba- coik. Ah, good. A good building material. Now known as cork, <laughs> but at the time, coik. 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 <laughs> uh, coik, bamboo and paper. And, and then they had a toiky sandwich. <laughs> I've got a tweak. A tweaky sandwich. Uh, it had a rubber band that would uh, twirl its twin twin blades, so it would just sort of fly up and down using a rubber band. Orville and his brother were fascinated by the toy, and a lifelong passion for aeronautics was born. Oh. Uh, the two brothers were so into this toy, they were keen on trying to create a life-size version of the toy so they could fly with it. But then their uh, school teacher persuaded them that this was probably pretty dangerous, so they gave up the idea. Killjoy. Typical teachers, you know, holding the kids mm. down. It was actually his, his name was Principal Killjoy. Really? Mm. Some people are just born into it. <laughs> As Orville grew older, so did his interest in hobbies outside the classroom, and he dropped out of high school during his senior year, and he opened a print shop. Mm. His older brother Wilbur was bright and a studious child and excelled in school, and he made plans to attend Yale University after high school. I've heard of it. But, as I said at the start, they didn't need uni. When Wilbur was 18 years old, an accident changed the course of his life. He was badly injured in an ice hockey game when another player's stick hit him in the face and he lost his two front teeth. His injuries uh, healed. The incident plunged Wilbur into a depression. He did not receive his high school diploma, cancelled plans for college and became withdrawn. Holy shit. Bit of a recluse. Can you just... Plan to go to Yale, isn't it? Like, don't they choose you? Not you go. All right, I'm, well, I've, I've made my decision. I think I'm, that maybe he was so smart that he, he he could take take his pick. Maybe he could be. He was being a bit arrogant. Yeah. Have you ever watched the Gilmore Girls? No. <laughs> it's also a no from me. Interesting. Interesting. Well, no further comment <laughs> then. <laughs> did it have context, or do you just want to know? <laughs> um, Wanted to ask your yeah. opinion. And on one question for you. Episodes. Were they from Dayton, Ohio? They were, no. Were they Dayton, Ohio's favourite daughters? Rory is like set on going to Harvard from the age of like 15. she the mum? No, it's the daughter. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Anyway. I thought Gilmore Girls was McLeod's daughters for so many years. <laughs> different shows. Very, Which is a show very set, different shows. An, an Australian show set on a farm. Similar. And then when people got excited about it coming back, I was like, really? People enjoyed that farm show? You're an idiot. Hmm. They're different things. Yeah. The names are quite different. Quite different. Or is it just like like daughters, were all someone's girls? Daughters were all someone's girls. That's true. No, As okay. John Farnham once said. Can't argue with that logic. Uh, things got worse for the Ryans when in 1899 their mother Susan died after a long battle with tuberculosis. Oh, no. In 1889, what awful... What is tuberculosis? TB, consumption. It's not, it ruins your lungs. <laughs> You explaining it with abbreviations doesn't help. What is tuberculosis? TB. Ah. What is cancer? The big C? Oh, <laughs> cancer. 
Right. I understand the science of how it works now. <laughs> if you break it down into a small one or two letter combination, suddenly I become a doctor. <laughs> it, I think tuberculosis, it ruins your lungs. Mm. Sort of cough yourself to yeah, death. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, awful. Sorry, it's, sorry, it's, Susan. It's real bad. Yeah, no good. A long battle too. Yeah. Uh, Orville, 1889, uh, he dropped out of the printing stuff. He began publishing the West Side News, a weekly West Dayton newspaper, with Wilbur serving as the paper's editor. They converted the paper to a daily in 1890, and they called it the Evening Item, but it only lasted four months. I don't mind the Evening Item as a name. It's quite good. It's all right, isn't it? Oh, but then they focused on commercial printing when that failed. And when that didn't go well, in 1892, they decided to capitalise on the national bicycle craze and opened a bike shop. They <laughs> the, just don't know when to quit, do they? The bike craze, I hear you ask, was spurred by the invention of the safety bicycle, which is a two-wheeled bike that we know today, which what? was much more popular than the penny farthing. You know the bike with the... Yeah, I know a penny farthing, and why would you ever get rid of it? It's sick. It's a real uh, pretty looking bike. I imagine quite ex- expensive and quite dangerous. Wheel. Such a, it feels like such a weird way to have had a first stab at a yeah, bike. Yeah, you'd think it would. Yeah, you'd think you'd, you would start with the two two tires the same size, yeah. and then maybe that's the that's the safety bike. Yeah, weird. Anyway, good on them. But people are loving the safety bike. Initially, uh, they just started selling and fixing other brands' bikes. But in 1896, they started designing and manufacturing their own. Oh. So they're quite inventive. Oh. Right bikes. Mulvan Star. Was it Mulvan Star? Huffy. Huffy. <laughs> Remember Huffy? That was a brand of BMX. Pegs on the back. Oh, and a spooky doke going... <laughs> <laughs> I had a bike. Uh, it was pink. And uh, the uh, it had a little, not a basket on the front, but like a a little bag, like a. Oh, so you could put, you could you could zip it up, basically. And uh, the bike's name was Cuddles. <laughs> I did not name it. What it do you said mean it on the, the bag? What do you mean the bike's name? It said Cuddles thing? on there. Yeah. The bike's name. So Jessica, what's your bike called? Cuddles. Cuddles. All right. And Matt, what's your bike called? <laughs> do people talk about their bike's name? Huffy. Is that like the brand? Cuddles. Do you call the brand of something its name? No, it had like it had brand. It's my car. His name is Ford. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, feel free to pop your drinks in the Samsung, the fridge. Yeah, it's a Samsung. <laughs> anyway, just thought I'd share that fun anecdote with you from my childhood, and you two tear it down. Sorry, Cuddles. Sorry, Cuddles. <laughs> uh, they Are you talking lo- to me or the bike? Am I Cuddles now? I'm confused. Are you the bike or the... I name people after the brand of bike that they ride. Your cuddles, Road Matt, as a Matt, child. Matt's Huffy. Fair enough. Uh, they love bikes, but they shared another secret passion. Women. Oh. <laughs> Definitely not. Sorry. Aeronautics. Oh, interesting. That makes Orville sense. Orville and Wilbur followed the latest flying news. Uh, in 1896, uh, brought about three very important aeronautical events that they got very excited about. In uh, May that year, so the Smithsonian Institution Secretary Samuel Langley successfully flew an unmanned steam-powered wing model aircraft. In mid-year, Chicago engineer and aviation authority Octave Chanute brought together several men who tested various types of glider over sand dunes along the shore of Lake Michigan. And the famous German aviator Otto Lilenthal, whose research the brothers had studied and followed for a long time, who's kind of the hero, he died in a glider crash. Oh, no. The Wright brothers became convinced that with better designs, human flight was possible. 
<laughs> so I love the hero dies and they've gone, that's it. I can do this. Yeah. It's our time to shine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With him gone, with our hero from Germany gone. Yeah. In America, we can now invent a plane. Uh, Lilenthal based his designs uh, on flying birds. He tried to make machines that looked a lot like b- birds, and he was ridiculed in life, often disparagingly referred to as the flying squirrel. Oh, that's nice. That's cute. There you go. Little squirrel. It's in a little plane. It's got the it's got the goggles on. A little scarf. Flying squirrel. It's adorable. Also, good pub name. Yes. Do you want to go out for for dinner later? We'll just head down to the flying squirrel. What do you reckon? Yes, please. Great. What are you going to get? A pint of uh, John Smith's Smooth Ale. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. And hold the food. Hold the food. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love... Often when I'm at a cafe, they ask if I want to... I don't drink coffee. They're always like, do you want some coffees? From now on, I will turn to them and say, hold the coffee. (laughs) I will only have brunch. I will only eat. Never drink. (laughs) Hold the coffee. So anyway, so the the hero's dead, and now they think they can usurp him. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we're going to have a crack at that. So in uh, May 1899, Wilbur wrote a letter to the Smithsonian Institute requesting information and publications about aeronautics. We've got a bunch of books and stuff. Drawing on the work of English engineer Sir George Cayley, the previously mentioned Chanute, Lilenthal, Langley, as well as Leonardo da Vinci, who 400 years earlier had conceptualized several flying machines, the Wrights began their mechanical aeronautical experimentation that year. Wilbur, who obviously loved to write letters, wrote to the U.S. Weather Bureau and asked for a list of really windy places in his area. <laughs> I hope that's how it was worded too, right? I still don't know where the windy areas are. It's so funny. That's so good. I I can't believe... I need to just mention how good Chanute is as a name. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Why hasn't great. that come up yet? I was waiting for someone to mention it. Chanute. Chanute. Maybe oh, the best good. name I've heard so far. Is that a first name? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a surname. Yeah. How but do you it, spell it? C-H-A-N-U-T-E. Chanute. 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 It sounds like something that Michael Maybe Jackson would say. Chanute. Chanute. Ah, Chanute. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> I actually think it's a perfectly good first name. Chanute Wanaki. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hello. Future children. <laughs> Hello, future children. <laughs> this is the moment you were named. If Matt hadn't have stopped the podcast and made me realise what a great name that is. Could have been mine. You never could have called it. No, you stuffed it. Stuffed Sorry, it mate. gave it away. Try, try again next time, champ. I will. But Chanute Stewart. Yeah, next time keep it to yourself, Matt. Chanute Stewart, is, Chanute it does Stewart. not work at all. Chanute, Chanute Wanaki, adorable. Yeah, because you you've got a, <sighs> no, an no, acceptable no, last name. Like quite, you know, co- common and acceptable. Chanute Stewart is too many. It sounds it's no. Chanute Warnicky. It just sounds like it's great. Very it foreign. Flows. It Don't flows. like it. Chanute Stewart. It sounds great. Chanute Stewart. Chanute Stewart. No. If no, you're doing no. any Scottish accent. Chanute Stewart. <laughs> but it's Chanute. Hey, you make. Chanute. Hey, you make porridge. <laughs> so the U.S. Weather Bureau wrote back to his windy. Letter request. Said, hello, Wilbur. We assume you are 10 years old yeah. and want to fly a kite. Where's the windy place? What an adorable so... question. Uh, here is a list of places you can fly a kite, but make sure to ask mum and dad. Kind regards, Weather Bureau. Locked bag. XXX. <laughs> uh, they wrote back and they suggested Kitty Hawk. 
on the sparsely populated outer banks of North Carolina. I've heard Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hawk? Probably because of, because of this. this. It's, yeah, it's, it's probably why. Probably made it famous. Still only a few thousand people live there, so it really put Kitty Hawk on the map. I was going to say, yeah. And there on the sand dunes, very windy sand dunes at Kitty Hawk, the brothers got to work. Oh, imagine windy sand dunes. Just oh. sand in your eyes. So, you know, sand just gets everywhere. You, oh, you need the those beach. goggles. You go to the beach, three weeks later, you're still finding sand in your butt. Sand, in your, sand in your hymen. <laughs> it's got a sandy Does that work? <laughs> Sandy Hyman's not a bad name. What are you going for lunch? Oh, the Sandy Hyman. <laughs> what are you going to get? Hold the food. There was a swimmer called Misty Hyman in, oh. the, in the 90s, I think. <laughs> Olympic swimmer, Misty Hyman. That's so no good. good. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no good. <laughs> Disagree about that name. Chanute Hyman. Uh, they broke down mastering flight into three key elements and three stages. If you if you can master these things, you can you can fly a plane. One, wings that will lift you off the ground into the air. Interesting. I reckon you could stop there. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's what. So the difference between so people had already flown gliders and stuff, but no one had been able to control it. So that's the, that's mm. the Wright brothers are the first people to successfully launch a controlled aeroplane. Spoilers. So, Number, number, number two, stickers that make you look badass. <laughs> uh-huh, no, uh-huh. They want a propulsion system that will move the wings through the air to generate lift, like some sort of engine. Mm-hmm. And number three, stickers of fire <laughs> coming out the side. Gnarly. And finally, a control system that will balance the aeroplane and let the pilot decide where they would like to go. That's the really key bit. Mm. Um, mm. Bahamas. <laughs> um. Um. Uh, then I want to go... Babados. Babados. Look, Jess, that was a long time ago. I think it's time you moved on. All right, mate. We've all made slight errors in speech before. I can't think of a time I have. You better watch everything you say from now on this episode. Uh, so like I said, at this stage, people had only nailed element one, so getting off the ground. So that what they wanted to do was look at controlling the aircraft once it was airborne. On the basis of observation, Wilbur concluded that birds change the angle of uh, their wings to make their bodies roll right or left. The brothers decided this would also be a good way for a flying machine to turn, so to either bank or lean, much like you do on a bicycle. Their mm. work with bikes influences their work a lot. You know on a bike you turn the handlebars, but you also lean? Yeah. They're like... Well, Not we... the way I ride, mate. <laughs> You're all handlebar. I am dead straight at all times. No matter what. Jess is still in stage one of riding a bicycle. She can no, get off the ground. Excuse me. I've got some fully sick stickers on my bike. You Thank should you. you should see her at the velodrome. Very funny. <laughs> gets to the corner. You start going up into the crowd. <laughs> riding over the roof. <laughs> Suddenly you're outside. I'm still doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> so they were like, well, we want to be able to bank left or right. So lean the plane. But how the fuck do you do that on a plane? One day, when holding a long, thin, toothpaste-sized rectangular box, mm-hmm. so a box like the toothpaste comes in, at the... Oh, oh, is that what, is that what that a toothpaste box is? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what did you think a toothpaste box was until what? you described it? Oh, go fuck yourselves. I was trying to make sure <laughs> that... I thought it was TB. <laughs> I was trying to make sure that what I said makes sense because... These words, uh, I've watched a YouTube video of them showing the movements and I'm actually trying to make it so if you're dry, so you're just listening to this, you can understand what I'm saying. Sure. I'm sorry. So you've got a toothpaste box. 
he noticed that it was that he was just fidgeting with it and inadvertently pulling it back and forth like he was gently wringing out some wet clothes. Mm-hmm. So one hand towards himself, then one hand the other way. Yep. Which a box can do. You can imagine that? It's yeah, a little yeah. cardboard box. Their glider was also rectangular and he theorized that if you put if he pulled one side of the plane up while the other side went down, they could turn in the air. Yeah, right. And that was their sort of big wow. revelation. That's pretty amazing. And uh, over a couple of years and through lots of trial and error, they developed their own gliders on the sands of Kitty Hawk. Most of these kite tests were unpiloted with sandbags or chains or even a small local boy used as a ballast. Oh, wow. So they just tied a kid to the plane and let it go. Also, isn't it great that dental hygiene has played a part in, you know, how easily we can travel now? Yeah. Remember to floss everybody. You must. You absolutely must. It's the only way to thank uh, the Wright brothers mm. in, the, in the right way. It's the right thing to do. Uh, we'll let you know that it wasn't actually a toothpaste bo- box. It had like bicycle tools in it. Just Dave, to me, it looks Dave, like a bicycle. Sh- 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 just look a bit like a thing. Just so sorry, it wasn't a toothpaste box at all. No, it's just like that shape. So even after all of that, and I'm imagining a cold so Colgate box, had nothing to do with it. It's, so it's got nothing to do with toothpaste at all. What about... Do they even have toothpaste? Triple mint stripe? Probably not. Definitely not whitening or sensitive, did they? It would have just been the oh, one no. thing. God, they couldn't bite into an ice cream like I can, confidently, every time. <laughs> Sensodyne. <laughs> hey. In 1901, the brothers showed their true genius. <laughs> so they've been uh, on the sands for a couple of years. They showed their true genius when instead of continuing to test different gliders with slight changes, something that to perfect could take decades, so they just kept doing it thousands and thousands of times, they built a miniature wind tunnel where they could test tiny metal miniature versions of their gliders. They were able to uh, test and perfect hundreds of different wing types in a very short amount of time. Wow. So the Wrights took a huge step forward and made basic... Wind tunnel tests on 200 wings of many shapes and curves, followed by detailed tests on 38 of them. So if they did that on the sands, it would have taken forever. Mm. But they just did it at home. The tests, according to biographer Fred Howard, quote, were the most crucial and fruitful aeronautical experiments ever conducted in so short a time with so few materials and at so little expense. Uh, with their new method, the rights of achieved true control in turns for the first time on October 8th, 1902, a major milestone. From September to October that year, they made between 700 and 1,000 glides, the longest lasting 26 seconds. Wow. And uh, they went 600 feet or nearly 200 metres. So it's kind of impressive. 26 seconds, yeah, that's impressive. But But, you bloody think it's impressive, mate. (laughs) (laughs) So the... So at this stage, no one else is doing this though, right? Or is that not right? Other people are doing it, but no other people are doing it with the wind tunnel. Okay, so you really... So other people are doing similar other, stuff. So at the moment, they're just gliding, which other people are doing. But, yep. but soon, they want to add an engine, which other people aren't doing properly right. yet. Right. Another big move uh, was uh, when the Wrights discovered the true purpose of a movable vertical rudder. <laughs> its role was not to change the direction of flight as a rudder does in sailing when you're sailing a boat, but rather to aim or align the aircraft correctly during banking turns and when levelling off from turns and wind disturbances. So it sort of helps the plane to recover 
Hmm. Sort of go back to normal. Other builders until this point had thought of planes like boats. When a boat gets knocked by a big wave because of its weight, it sort of balances and rights itself. Mm. But the rights, with their biking background once again, saw the plane as more of a giant bike with a person in control of the vehicle. It's their job to correct and balance the vehicle themselves. You know when you're right. on a bike, you hit something, the bike doesn't have enough um, gravity or whatever to balance itself. Yeah. As a rider, you've got to sort of work it out. Their big breakthrough here was, well, if we let the pilot control that, then it's his or her job to do that. Mm. That's interesting. Uh, in 1903, the brothers built the powered Wright Flyer 1 using their preferred material for construction, spruce, a strong and lightweight wood, and pride of the West muslin for surface covering. So if you see photos of it, it's sort of covered in fabric. Mm. Uh, they also designed and What's, covered... What does spruce mean? Oh, it's like a type of wood. Oh, right. So the spruce goose. Oh, that was made of spruce wood. Uh, does that make sense? Spruce. It's a fun word. Spruce. Spruce it up a bit. Yeah. Is that what that means? Must. Add wood to it. Yeah. What have you been doing oh, if somebody mate. said spruce it up? Adding cushions. Yeah, I've been <laughs> adding throw idiot. pillows. You've been no. de- decking it out, pimping my ride. you gotta add, got to add I've wood been adding it. like subwoofers. No. Oh, what are you doing? you got to spruce it up, mate. Cover it in wood panelling. Wood panelling. Damn it. You idiot. I am so embarrassed for you. <laughs> yeah, I think, the, so the spruce... Goose. I always say spruce moose because that's the parody on The Simpsons. That was Howard Hughes's giant wooden Hercules plane, which he used spruce because it is so light. And it's like the biggest plane that's ever, still ever flown. Really? Like the wingspan. It's too big. And he only ever flew it once. Wow. But that was enough to prove the haters wrong. (laughs) Um, But the Wrights, they also designed and carved their own wooden propellers. They thought they could base their designs on existing wooden uh, propellers, so they went to lots of libraries and stuff. And it turns out no one had ever made them like they did, so they had to make their own. Hmm. Uh, they wrote to several engine manufacturers, but none met their need for an engine that was powerful but also really light, because you can't make it heavy if it's going to fly. So they turned to their trusted friend and bike shop mechanic, Charlie Taylor. Charlie Taylor, who is... Um, an He's a big part of the story, but often isn't talked about. So I sort of want to give you a bit of credit here. He built the engine that they used, and he built it in just six weeks in close consultation with the brothers. To keep the weight low enough, the engine block was cast from aluminium, a rare practice for the time. So they're making innovations everywhere they go. They're sort of making it up as they go. They would have called it aluminum. That is true. Thank you. It is. Truminum. Uh, The flyer, just so you can uh, can imagine it, it had a wingspan of 40 feet or 12.3 metres. It weighed 600 pounds, 270 kilos, and had a 12 horsepower, 82 kilo, 180 pound engine. Um, I don't understand horsepower, but it it sounds impressive. I think it, isn't it just meant to be like, early on they they were basically saying how many horses would generate this amount of power or something? Yeah, early on, yeah, and then it sort of became standardised. What is that? What is one horsepower? It depends on the horse, well, doesn't it? Yeah. That's true. And so, its level of belief in itself. Right, you know? okay. So much of it is in the mind. Do you it's mental. Mean? You speak to any Olympian, they'll tell you. Yeah. So you're saying that this 12 horsepower with a self-belief factor of two mm-hmm. on a scale of one to four... Yeah. I don't want to go crazy here. These aren't professional horses. Okay. No, they're just, they're some, just some horses are professional horses. at being horses. <laughs> <laughs> um, vo- volunteer horses. Mm. Oh, part time horses. They're actually men yeah. in horse outfits. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Dave, do go on. Now, Matt asked earlier other people are doing this at the same time. 
They totally are. People are trying to develop planes all over the world. In October of this year, 1903, the Smithsonian Secretary General Samuel Langley was given 50 grand by the US government, which at the time is a fortune, to develop a plane he called the Langley Aerodrome. He had made uh, some successful unmanned flights in the 1890s, so he had the US media's attention when he proposed the first manned test flight carrying his chief assistant, Charles Manley, but it was a disaster. With everyone watching there and the world's newspapers watching, the aerodrome failed to fly and crashed into the Pontamac River seconds after launch. Uh-oh. Uh, this led to the widespread public belief that man flight was probably impossible. And now look at us. That's right. We're, do- we're doing this report from an aeroplane. An aeroplane. Three separate aeroplanes. Mm. Oh. We fly. We started. <laughs> we fly in formation. <laughs> Jess, don't yep. ruin the magic. I think people like to think we're all in the same aeroplane. We're like flying ducks. Yeah. We, we fly in formation. <laughs> ducks fly together. Triple deke. <laughs> ducks who flies together stays together. Oh my God, now I want to watch my I believe ducks. in you, Charlie. Uh, the rights, so th- there was that disaster in October. Mm. The rights took to the air two months later, December 17th, 1903, making two flights each from level ground into a freezing headwind. The first flight by Orville at 10.35 in the morning was 120 feet or 37 metres in 12 seconds at a speed of 7 miles or 11k over the ground. Uh, the fourth flight was the longest of the day. The distance over the ground was measured to be 852 feet the time of the flight was 59 seconds. So it's not very far, but they were ecstatic. They had done it. That mm. is the first ever controlled air flight. That's pretty amazing. Uh, five people witnessed the flights, uh, including John T. Daniels, who snapped a famous uh, photo of Orville called First Flight, which you still see if you Google Wright Brothers. This one comes up. And uh, also a local teenage boy who lived in the area. And just happened to be wandering past. There. there you go. <laughs> what are you blokes up to? Yeah, I'll have a look. Mind if, I ta- mind if I hang around and have a squiz? Um, and then you accidentally squiz the first ever flight, controlled yeah, flight. you squiz on history. It's amazing. What a moment. That's a really amazing moment. Mm. You were looking at me like you wanted me to agree? Yeah. I just wanted you to contribute. Well, I, I, I just mean, wanted I, you to I agreed present. only because you looked at me like that. Try, try to but be otherwise present. I disagree. That's okay. what my heart was saying. What do you disagree with? You were, were saying you even listening? it's not impressive to see the first ever flight by accident? Impressive? No. I wouldn't say that. Life-changing? No. But that guy's dead now. You know what I mean? He almost certainly is. So, you know, in that way, think about it. What what did it do for him? He's dust now. Dust in the wind. So everything's pointless? Yes. Okay. All right. Well. Interesting. If you're that boy, it is, because you're dead. Hmm. Grow up, Dave. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, after the men hauled the flyer back from its fourth flight, a powerful gust of wind flipped it over several times, despite the crew's attempt to hold it down. Severely damaged, that aeroplane never flew again. Oh, wow. So the first plane, aeroplane to ever fly. I'm gonna fly again. Guilty, f- <laughs> guilty fins have got no rhythm. <laughs> uh, the brothers, obviously fucking excited, hiked for miles to telegram their father to tell him it was a success and to tell the local newspaper. The Wright brothers soon found that their success was not appreciated by all. Many in the press, as well as fellow flight experts, were reluctant to believe the brothers' claims. Oh. I thought they were making it up. Jerks. But that, but that, that plane, you said that it was out of commission straight after, so no one ever saw it. Well, they got they got one photo of it. Does that that proves it? I guess. What if the what if they just dropped it from a height and they took the photo? Just yeah, I guess it? that's the thing because it's like, well, that could have been gliding. We've all bloody glided, yeah. mate. So it's really it's it is difficult to prove. Hmm. In uh, 1904, the brothers, undeterred by uh, the press ridiculing them, moved their experiments home to Ohio and set up at an airfield at Huffman Prairie. Huffman, oh, great name. That's nice. A cow pasture eight miles northeast of Dayton. They invited reporters to their first flight attempt of the year on May 23, on the condition that no photographs be taken. Oh. Engine troubles and slack winds prevented any flying, and they could manage only a few. Short hops a few days later with fewer reporters present. So that was a bit of a disappointment, but they decided to go all in on the flying business and began withdrawing from the bicycle sh- uh, bicycle game. This might seem like a no-brainer now after the- all they just invented the first controlled flight, so you'd probably invest your life savings into it. However, they still had no financial backers and weren't wealthy themselves, so financially extremely risky. Because mm. all this building stuff costs a fortune. Mm. They also did not have the luxury of being able to give away their invention because it had to be their livelihood. Thus, their secrecy intensified, encouraged by advice from their patent attorney, Henry Toulmin, uh, and he told them to not reveal details of their machine. So that's why they didn't want anyone taking photos of it, because they worried other people would come in and steal their idea. Sneaky bastards. And they begin to get a little bit paranoid about that. That's just all the pot they're smoking. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. I miss that bit. 420, baby. <laughs> Wilbur, Orville, let's blaze it. You know what time it is, boys. Blaze it in the sky, etc. You better believe they were flying high. <laughs> they thought they were. Uh, by October 1904, less than a year after their first flight, Wilbur made a flight that lasted uh, 25 miles or 45 kilometers wow. in 38 minutes, ending with a safe landing when the fuel ran out. So, wow. So, huge improvement. Like, Amazing. nine months later, you've gone from, like, 50 seconds being a big deal to 38 minutes. That's awesome. Uh, and, this... and 38 minutes and 45 Ks. Yeah, it's, eight, it's really far. Yeah. That's, that's... And, and he's in control the whole time, too. So, he's not just, like, I'm gliding, baby. Yeah, like, he he's knows. doing turns, doing laps. Wow. Uh, the flight was seen by a number of people, including several invited friends, their father, Milton, who was very proud, oh. and some neighboring farmers. That's cool. Uh, reporters turned up the next day because they heard a rumour of what had just happened, but they refused to fly in front of the cameras. Oh. 
A few newspapers published articles about the long flights, but no reporters or photographs had been there. The lack of eyewitness press coverage was a major reason for disbelief in Washington and in journals like Scientific America, whose editors doubted what they called, quote, the alleged experiments. And newspapers wrote, alert as they are, somehow they allowed these sensational performances to escape their notice. Which, in my opinion, is quite quite accurate, because these days you have paparazzi camping out for like three weeks to get a photo of someone having a swim on a yacht. Mm. And now these people are doing the first ever flight ever. Don't you want to be the first reporter to try and get a photo of that? Yeah, you would think so. But that's Isn't that the biggest story it would of be the century? Bit, but if they're thinking about it like it's, you know, like anti-vaxxers or something, you know, so, or that, you know, thinking about it like it's this myth made up world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. This is a hoax. Uh, ever fearful of competitors stealing their ideas and still without a patent or patent, which I've still not decided how I like to say that word. Like patent. I'm a patent guy. Sorry, I'm back. I'm you are not allowed to say any patents or patents. Try now. Yeah, try back there. Patent. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're, they're freaking out about the patent slash patent, which they don't have yet. So they flew only once more on uh, October 5th. And from then on, they refused to fly anywhere unless they had a firm contract to sell their aircraft. Mm. Wow. Okay. Uh, in Europe, the men were laughed at in the media. In 1906, skeptics. <laughs> That's so funny to picture that. Journalists just writing articles. <laughs> Look at these chumps. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Next paragraph. <laughs> Now, skeptics in the European aviation community had converted the press to an anti-Wright Brothers stance. Oh, my God. European newspapers, especially those in France, were openly derisive of the brothers, calling them bluffers, which trans- translates as bluffers. Like, they oh. just called them bluffers. Bluffers. <laughs> the word bluffer is awesome. In 1906, the all-important patent came through for the rights in the U.S., for a flying machine. Before this point, they had been terrified that someone would take their invention, but now they've got the piece of paper that says we invented it. Uh, The Wright brothers made no flights all in 1906 and 1907. Instead, they spent the time attempting to persuade the US and European governments that they had invented a successful flying machine and were prepared to negotiate a contract to sell that to their governments. Wow. That's a long time without flying, letting other people... Like catch up and... The brothers' contracts with the U.S. Army and French syndicate depended on successful public flight demonstrations that met certain conditions. So they they, they needed to demonstrate that they had the goods before the governments gave them money. So the brothers had to divide their efforts. Wilbur sailed for Europe and demonstrated his flight in France. Orville would fly near Washington, D.C. and try and win over the American government. Wow. But then we come to a man named Glenn Curtis. Shit name. I wonder what, wonder what happens with him. Don't know. He Dave, said it in a way that means yeah, it's going to be quite it's important. Dramatic, isn't yeah. it? Oh yes. Oh, oh, he's got that smug face. Okay, Glenn is. Glenn Curtis, Curtis, oh. somewhat of a third wheel in this story. I feel like Glenn may be a bad guy here. No, well, I'll let you decide what you reckon. Mm. <laughs> I'm on board. I like deciding. Glenn yeah. Curtis, an inventor, pioneer, and somewhat of a daredevil. One N or two in Glenn. Double N, double S. Glenn Curtis. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm listening. Okay. Continue. I watched a short dramatization of this part of the story, and he was played by a fit actor, so I don't know if he was good looking in life, Jess, but the actor certainly was. Well, I mean, you say that like I'm so superficial that that's the only thing that's important to me. You had me at Daredevil. I know, but you love 
I was going to say you love Glens. I was just going to you just love Daredevils. You I love do. you love I'm, a bad boy. I love a bad boy. Oh yeah. Oh, I love them. If they're like, sorry, toots, can't talk. Got to go ride my motorbike. <laughs> you would not like that person at all. Toots. Yeah. What about a motorbike? Do you like motorbikes? Yeah, I like motorbikes. This guy is, is your man. Sick. Born in New York in 1878, Glenn Curtis, seven years younger than Orville, the younger brother, he also owned a bike shop, but in the early 1900s became interested in motorcycles. Mm, very good. I like this bike, but I'll, I'd like it more if it went faster. In 1902. Wait, Cur- oh, in 1902, he invented the leather jacket. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? Yep. He also <laughs> began manufacturing motorcycles with his own single-cylinder engines, and by the next year, he had set a land speed record on his bike. Oh, that's sick. What a cool dude. That is pretty 24 cool. years old, a year later, he's got the fucking record. Oh, my God, yes. The manufacturers of the famous Indian Motorcycle Company came to visit him and couldn't believe that one man had made a bike faster than theirs in the back of his tiny bike shop. That's amazing. They're impressed. That's cool. In 1907, Curtis set an unofficial world record, so unverified, but he always claimed, of 136 miles or 220k an hour, a record that stood until 1930. Wow. That's fast. So when it comes to engines, he's the real deal. He's he's the engine man. Oh, yeah. Glenn the engine. Glengen. Glengen Curtis. Mm. Mm -hmm. He'll never hurt us. (laughs) Or will he? Bad Mm. boys will always hurt you. You never learn. You never learn. Protect your fragile heart. You got to. In 1907, famed inventor of the telephone, Alexander Graham Bell, invited Curtis to develop a suitable engine for heavier-than-air flight experimentation. So there's two types of travel, air travel at the time. There's lighter-than-air, which is stuff like um, hot air balloons and mm-hmm. blimps and stuff. And then there's heavier-than-air, which is gliders and aeroplanes. Sure. Okay, that makes sense. Did Alexander Graham Bell have a leather jacket? Oh, he only wore a leather jacket. Sick. Dick out. <laughs> he didn't wear leather pants. He had no <laughs> pants. He had, oh, are you saying, Matt, that he had absolutely nothing else on but nothing just else wore on. the leather jacket? Yeah, you could see his DNA. Dicks and, uh, dicks and ass. <laughs> I've never heard that. Dicks. Dicks and ass. <laughs> he had multiple. Well, oh, you didn't know that about Alexander. Yeah. One for he each was a double name. dick man. That's what separated him from the rest. Yeah. Man with two first names and two dicks. Mm. You can't trust him. That's my rule of thumb. <laughs> Either or, but this man had both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. What a, tri- a quadruple whammy. So, two dicks bell. <laughs> he regarded Curtis, mm. bad boy. One dick. As, well. Uni uh, dick. Un- Curtis, un- that we know of. <laughs> Unconfirmed sightings of his uni dick. He regarded Curtis as, quote, the greatest motor expert in the country. And he invited Curtis to join his Aerial Experiment Association, the AEA, to sort of develop their own plane. Fun. Uh, Curtis developed a few planes and engines with the AEA. The most famous of the early ones is called the June Bug. Oh, that's cute. Uh, the Scientific American Cup was a competition promoted as the first public demonstration of an operational airplane. Whoever could publicly fly over one kilometre in front of these guys would get $25,000. Which wow. was a fortune back then. That's a fortune. That's, I'd take that now, happily. I wouldn't. Interesting. That's why you and I differ. 
put it in the bin. Yeah. You know, if you can be bothered. <laughs> Spit on it. Yeah. Wipe your bum with it. I'll wipe my DNA with it. <laughs> How many you got? I've just got the one of each, yeah. Oh, a uni bum. Uni, uni ass. Okay. Hmm. Dave? Pardon? I want to, I mean, I don't want to ask, but now I need to know. 2D, 3A. Oh, no. Two down, three across. <laughs> <laughs> That's a super nerdy crossword. Uh, the Aero Club, who were doing this Scientific American Cup for the 25 grand, they contacted the Wright brothers first, offering them first go. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking like, what my answer would be. It would just be I have neither. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't worth it. Keep going. Zero down, zero across. Yeah, zero down. Get you. <laughs> uh, so the A, the Aero Club, the people organising this competition, they give Wright Brothers first dibs. They're like, all right, we've heard that you can fly the plane. Do you want to come and do it? Orville wrote to decline the opportunity on June 30 as the Wrights were busy completing their deal with the US government. So he's like, no, we don't need your, your money. Glenn Curtis, bad boy, did not muck around, and when he heard the Wrights were not interested in competing, he stepped up. So the day before the event, he crashed his plane during a test. But this did not put him off. <laughs> bad boy. That could probably put you off, I reckon. A few days after the Wrights declared that they were not interested, on July 4, Independence Day 1908, Curtis took the June bug to the sky in front of a huge audience. A a film crew turned up and made this the first ever flight recorded on film. Wow. On the second try after stalling the first time, the aeroplane successfully flew 5,500 feet, 1.6 kilometres in 1 minute 40, winning the trophy and a $25,000 cash prize. All right. So that was the first uh, videoed First videoed. Uh, So if it's the first filmed, does some people think that was the first, you know, the first real flight? Most people proven. Most people believe that Wright Brothers... They do believe, okay. But there is always controversy. Yeah, of course. Uh, Curtis, because of this, was instantly famous across the country because he's in all the newspapers. He's declared as like the winner of this aviation competition. In one day, Curtis had done more to promote aviation than the Wright Brothers had ever done. Wow. Three years previous to the June Bugs flight, the Wrights had made flights of up to 24 miles or 38 kilometres, but they didn't have any official witnesses. So their efforts were still widely unreported. And they're constantly reading the newspaper being like, this fucking guy, but we don't want to give away our secrets. Sure. So they're not, you know, they're not giving in to it. Wow, stubborn, aren't they? Amidst the publicity following the flight, the Wrights sent a warning to Curtis that they had not given permission for use of, quote, their aircraft control system to be used for exhibitions or in a commercial way. They warned him that uh, what he'd just done infringed on their patent. Oh, Thus begins a chapter of aviation history known as the Wright Brothers Patent War. Ooh. We love a good war on this show. We do. Ice cream ones, end of list. Emu ones. Emu ones. World ones. World ones. Mm, wars on childhood Car- wars obesity. War of Currents. Yeah, we have the War of Currents. Jess does not remember it at all. What was that? <laughs> oh, no. Do you remember when Thomas Edison electrocuted an elephant? Oh, War of Currents. I was thinking like the berry. <laughs> I bet they're not berries. Oh, that sounds way more fun. 
Now, uh, a few months after this scientific cup, Wilbur demonstrated his machine for the French public who had previously derided him. The crowd was thrilled by his feats and flocked to the field by thousands and the Wright brothers instantly became world famous. Can you do an impression of the French crowd? Oh, I'm so excited to see him hit this guy. Perfect. Why did you translate most of that into English and not the first bit? I speak English. That was French. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you fucking racist. Sorry. You can understand French. Sorry, mate. Yeah, Dave. That was a real jerk move. Come it's, on, mate. And stop checking the fucking footy score. <laughs> Damn it. Um, so now they're so they're famous in Europe now as being those flying guys. Those flying guys. Awesome. He's famous in America now. They're two distinctive front runners for being like the one that can claim we were first. Yeah, cool. Curtis, bad boy. Mm-hmm. Not so bad after all, because he reached out to the Wright brothers early on and said, "You can make better planes than I can. I can make better engines than you can. Let's team up and get rich together." The Wrights did not go for it. <sighs> not interested. They wanted all the glory. I want it all. They want it all. And they want it now. Mm-hmm. In September 1908, Orville was asked to demonstrate his plane for the U.S. Army. Of course, wanting to show up Glenn Curtis, Orville agreed to the demonstration. Army Lieutenant Thomas Selfridge, himself an aviation enthusiast and good friend of Glenn Curtis, agreed to be a test passenger. Mm. So until this point, everyone has just been solo flights. And most of the time... The first flights, they actually lie, lie down on it. As well as their pride and fame, on the line was a $25,000 contract, which, as we all know, Matt, is... Is, is becoming less and less money as the years go on. Yeah, but still quite <laughs> still impressive. Still quite impressive, Matt. <laughs> Matt would still wipe his DNA no. with it. Don't want it. I don't even think I'd want it touching me anymore. I think <laughs> that's, that's how... actually how people got tuberculosis. Yeah. Rubbing $25,000 on their DNA. Uh, so the up for grabs was a contract with the U.S. Army to make their planes. So leading up to the event, Orville completed a series of solo test demonstrations. One of these tests he flew over 62 minutes, so smashing his own existing record. Wow. Their rival, Curtis, was watching, who was invited to the event by his friend, Lieutenant Tom Selfridge, the guy that's going to be the first um, sort of guest on board. Mm-hmm. After 12 successful solo test flights, Lieutenant Selfridge joined Orville for the first official demonstration. Tell me he's not going to sabotage it. Because he's friends with the other guy. The right flyer circled Fort Myer four and a half times at 150 feet, and everything was going really well. Oh, no. It was going really well. But halfway through the fifth circuit, the right propeller broke. No. Losing thrust. No. The rudder. (laughs) No. (laughs) Swiveled. Not the rudder. (laughs) The rudder swiveled. The plane became horizontal and no. sent the flyer into a nosedive. Oh, nosedive. <laughs> <laughs> Orville shut off the engine and managed to glide for about 75 feet, but the flyer hit the ground nose first. Oh, no. Cra- nose first. <laughs> when the craft hit the ground, Selfridge and Wright were thrown forward. Selfridge struck one of the wooden upright of the uh, f- framework of the oh, plane, he died. fracturing the base of his skull. Oh, no. He underwent neurosurgery, but obviously it's pretty um, primitive back then. He died three hours oh. after the crash oh. without ever regaining consciousness. No. Thomas Selfridge was the first passenger, passenger to be killed in an aeroplane crash. Hey, well, I mean, <laughs> so there's something. you'd take that, wouldn't you, as a first? It's always good to be the first to do I something. I knew he'd sabotage it <laughs> with the base of his skull. <laughs> yeah, cop that plane. <laughs> 
Oh, that's awful. Orville suffered severe injuries himself, including a broken femur, Oof. several broken ribs, and a damaged hip. He was hospitalized for weeks and bedridden for months. The accident left him in pain for the rest of his life. Oh, oh no. I mean, that sounds like that should be the case, because he, he fell out of a plane yeah. that was nosediving. Amazing and, to be alive. And there's, yeah. and there's no seatbelts. There's... It was actually... To get thrown from the plane. Mm. They did a modern test of this and they discovered that if Selfridge had been wearing a helmet, he probably wouldn't have died. <gasps> wow. See, kids, wear your helmet. When? When, when, when you're flying the right flyer? No. Always wear Even a helmet. when you're on a bike. Even when you're in the shower. Because you might slip. Even when you're... <laughs> helmet. How are you going to wash your hair? Don't worry about it. You're always wearing your helmet. Yeah, you've got a helmet. <laughs> no when one you're sleeping, you. you could fall out of bed. Unless you Someone could hit you over the head of the chair while you sleep. Part of the Concord style helmet with with hair, hair on the top. There we go. <laughs> Isn't there a thing like in some European countries where they're not, they don't like helmets aren't really a big deal. Yeah, you know, there we have to wear them here yep. legally, but over most there, countries it's not legal. And apparently, it's yeah, like they have less accidents over there or something. Is that right? I think they probably just have more respect for know, cyclists. No, in Sweden they have this invention where you wear it's a collar, you wear oh, it around your neck. It's like an airbag. And then when, yeah, when you crash, it senses that you've stopped way too quick, and it goes around your head and protects your head. No, it does not. Yeah, look it up. It's a Swedish invention. A- so I saw helmet. like like an invention show about it once, and then when I was walking the streets of Stockholm last year, I saw it just ad, you know advertised, and I was like, that's awesome. But obviously, if you bring it here and you got caught without a helmet, you could get fined. Even if you're like, but I've got the fucking neck brace thing. Yeah. Wow. That's so funny. It's mm. funny because it's like, just wear a helmet if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> Is it better than a helmet? I think they claim it, but I don't know. It's way no. more expensive than a helmet. It's like hundreds of dollars. Where I don't want to look like an idiot with a helmet on. I'll just so wear, this wear this collar. weird collar. Wear a neck brace. Like a dog. Or like Shakespeare. Yeah, it's got a Jacobean ruff. <laughs> uh, the brother's sister, Catherine, a school teacher rushed from Dayton to Virginia and stayed by Orville's side for seven weeks while he was hospitalised. She helped negotiate a one-year extension of the army contract, which, despite them killing the lieutenant, they were still open to the idea of the plane. Wow. A friend visiting Orville in the hospital asked him, has it got your nerve? Nerve, Orville repeated, slightly puzzled. Oh, do you mean, oh, will I be afraid to fly again? The only thing I'm afraid of is if I can't get well enough soon enough to get the test done by next year. Wow. So he was not afraid. Uh, deeply shocked and upset by the incident, Wilbur, on the other hand, decided, determined to make even more impressive flight demonstrations in the ensuing days and weeks. He set new records for altitude and duration. In January 1909, Orville and Catherine joined him in France once they'd recovered, and for a time they were the three most famous people arguably in the world. Sought after by royalty, the rich, reporters, and the public. The kings of Great Britain, Spain, and Italy came to see Wilbur fly. Uh, in July 1909, Orville, with Wilbur assisting, uh, completed the flights for the US Army, meeting the requirements of a two-seater able to fly with a passenger for an hour, an average of 40 miles an hour, and land on damage. That was the rules. Uh, the, so they sold the aeroplane to the, the US Army for $30,000. Which thirty thousand is like twenty five, but more because of inflation. It's funny, it's so much more work to get that thirty grand than it would have been if you just went to that competition and flew for a bit. Yeah, it's w- one kilometer, which he's done forty. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it, yeah, he just he didn't want to do the little comps. He wanted to sell to a, a big killing army. Mm. 
wanted to make it a death machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is fair enough. The girl was passionate about killing. Uh, you got to respect that. You got to respect that. When you find your passion, mm. you got to stick to it. Hundred percent. That's. I think that's the saying. That is the saying. Mm-hmm. Find you when you find your passion, you got to stick to you it. You got to stick. to and it. And what's your passion? Moitering. <laughs> Moitering. Mm-hmm. Moitering toikies. Murder. <laughs> someone's that after that Scott. We did some Scottish episodes, and someone was real disappointed on Twitter that we didn't say any Taggart style. Murder. Oh, Target. Target. It's a murder. <laughs> Target is great. I, I don't know if it's still... For years, Target himself died or left the show and they just kept going with him as the title character. <laughs> he wasn't even there. Well, uh, by the time McLeod's daughters finished, the, the McLeod's daughters had gone. As well. Really? All the, all the daughters? Yeah. Really? Well, I think, uh, what about, about the, the, Gil- the Gilmores? One, the Gilmores, uh, they're still there, yes. On McLeod's farm? Yeah. Plus, there is a crossover. Okay. So weird. Well, that makes what you said before less stupid, Dave. <laughs> I guess. In October 1909, Wilbur flew at New York City's Hudson Fulton celebrations, circling the Statue of Liberty and making a 33-minute flight up and down the Hudson River alongside Manhattan, in view of up to one million New Yorkers. New Yorkers. Hey, I'm walking here. I'm flying here. All right. <laughs> Are you mad at yourself for that? Real mad. <laughs> so. But imagine if you were walking and then suddenly a plane just came over. Like, and they're super slow. It's just like... I'm walking here. Well, there was a Simpsons episode where... Where Sideshow Bob steals it. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying to make it get away. And it and bounces <laughs> off. <laughs> and the F1 pilots try and, try and overtake it. Well, they try and catch up with it and they go, uh, suggest we pursue on foot. <laughs> <laughs> they start chasing it with nets. Yeah, like, like pool cleaners. Yeah. <laughs> was that... Yeah, that was actually the Wright Brothers plane. Yeah, it was supposed to be the Wright Brothers plane, yeah. So fun. (laughs) Uh, But these flights along uh, the New York Hudson River uh, solidly established the fame of the Wright Brothers in America. So now they've made it back home, baby. Yeah. Uh, The two brothers only flew together once ever. Their father made them promise they would only fly separately to avoid them being killed in the same accident if something went wrong. Wow. Brutal, but fair. Why we never get into a car together. Yep. Mm. Just in case. And why we fly separately. I mean, you're you're nicknamed after someone who died in a plane crash. Yeah. Why would you tell me that? I mean... Now you, I'm going to be I terrified mean, of it. I mean, didn't you... You, you, you must chose have known. it in the... Yeah, ep- but when I we were didn't make about... that connection until now, and now I'm going to be scared every time I get on a plane. That I will suffer the fate of the original bopper. Aren't you already scared every time you get on a plane? I know I am. Yeah, well, no, no, I love it. I At the back of your mind, do you not think about... Going down. No, I'm just thinking about, I'm going to go be somewhere else. Have fun. I'm going to be in a new place. Yeah, I think about the sacrifice is definitely worth it. I'm going to be over there. And if you're going to go out, like at least go in an interesting way so that at my high school reunion, like do you hear Jess? She's, she uh, she passed away. <gasps> oh my God, was she sick? No, 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 no uh, diabetes. She was, <laughs> she was going to Hobart. You know, you want to be going somewhere really exciting. <laughs> was, oh, is no. that a dig at Hobart, Jess? Yep. Interesting. Fuck em. I'm going to Hobart soon. I love Good. Hobart. Are you going to go, um, go by ship? No. By no, plane? I'm going to go by plane. Interesting. Well, good luck. And I'm going to name myself... Uh, bon Voyage. What's one of the other ones in that crew? I'm going to be uh, Buddy Holly. That's my new nickname. I'm going to Buddy. 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 Maybe I'll call you Holly. Holly. Yeah. <laughs> That's like nice. That. Okay, Dave. Who else was on that plane? Richie Valens. That was a young one. Can you be Richie? Richie Rich. He's Richie. Holly over there. Yeah. And I'm the bopper. 
All right, let's go fly somewhere. <laughs> Test this shit out. Let's do it. Anyway. Test this theory. So all this while, Curtis, our bad boy, is trying to sell his own planes and his own designs. But the Wrights still thought that even with a different design to their own, he was still infringing on their on their patent. Mm-hmm. Their patent. Because they just had a patent Does for a flying patent? machine. Yeah, I watched a documentary and they mm. kept saying patent. Yeah, I've no, I, yeah that sounds Sounds too, to much, too similar to pattern. Mm. And I need to know. What you're talking about? A pattern? Patent. Or a patent? Patent. patent. But they're obsessed with this patent. And mm-hmm. everyone that... every You know, they're trying to sue everyone, pretty much. Curtis refused to pay license fees to the rights and sold an aeroplane to the Aeronautic Society of New York in 1909. The rights immediately filed a lawsuit beginning a years-long legal conflict. The rights filed lawsuits in France and Germany as well. Basically, anyone that wanted to fly, they had legal proceedings brought against them by the rights. Curtis suggested that if someone jumped in the air and waved their arms, the rights would sue. <laughs> what a bad boy! That's Got him. Pretty, that's that's fun. funny. That is fun. See, he's a bad boy, but he's funny. Mm. Got a bit of humour. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like a funny bad the boy. The Wright brothers sound a little bit, um, a little bit uh, wrong. full on. Yeah, a bit, a bit wrong. Yeah, as, the more it? I read into the no. right, right. Yeah, no, I don't. Though. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. What? Like the opposite of wrong. Right. Would, yeah, it would be right. Huh? And their name's also right. It's different spelling, but they sound the same. So. Oh, right sounds like right. You think? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Oh. So, t- so I don't know, I've never really thought about it like that. Right and right do sound, yeah, somewhat similar. And so then the joke there was that uh, they the rights sound a bit wrong. No, I'm not quite getting it. Okay. Um, I'm just going to cut you off there because this could be the next hour of the show otherwise. Okay, well, I'll, I'll explain it to Matt after the show, I think. Yep. Is that okay, Matty? Yeah, sure. I, I think you're going to find you're not making any sense, though, but okay. Okay, Dave, do go on. Uh, the rights preoccupation... The point is right and wrong are opposites. And no, right, right, and right... is a... Is... Flying guy. Really thought I'd get there that time. Sorry, Dave. To, to do go on. The rights preoccupation with the illegal issue stifled. Their... Oh, right and wrong. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Do you get it now? I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. <laughs> Dave is very bad at us. The rights preoccupation with the illegal issue stifled their work on new designs. And by 1911, rights aeroplanes were considered inferior to those of European makers. Wilbur especially was constantly in and out of court over a two-year period. Holy so, shit. So they, just, they were fighting so much that they sort of forgot about the planes. Yeah. Mm. On June 8th, 1911, Curtis received a U.S. pilot's license number one from the Aero Club of America because the first batch of licenses were issued in alphabetical order. Wilbur Wright received license number five. Oh. What a slap in the face. Brutal. Nah, fair enough. It's alphabetical. Alphabetical. But your enemy just got number one. But you were the first to fly. You were. Yeah, it sounds like they're they're not in it for the right reasons anymore. The rights. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I feel like yeah. I feel like they've lost sight on what is right. Alphabetically, I'd get the first one. I was thinking about that the entire time. I didn't listen to anything you just said. I was going A B C D E Yeah. P Q R S. Or unless it's on first name, then D J M. God, you're good at the alphabet. That was so fast. Mm-hmm. I've got to sing the rhyme still. It's not a rhyme. <laughs> In a way, it is. <laughs> <laughs>
I suppose. I mean, some of them rhyme. A B C D E F G H I J K N O M N O B. That's true. It probably is a rhyme. I guess it is a rhyme. Q R S T U V W-X-Y-Z or Z for Americans. That's why I think Z makes sense because it fits the rhyme much better. I'm happy to change it to Z. So it does rhyme? Yeah, no, you're right. It is definitely a rhyme. I feel like a fucking idiot. I'm right? Yes. You're flying. You're flying right now. Guys, we've got to get to this part of the story and I don't want to bring the mood down too much. Uh Uh-oh. Wilbur Wright fell ill on a trip to Boston in April 1912. Uh Uh-oh. After being diagnosed with typhoid fever, he died on May 30, 1912, at his family home in Dayton, That's aged 45. Pretty quick turnaround. Mm. He sort of became ill and then passed away about a month later. Orville blamed Curtis for his big brother's death. Oh, my God. He thought the stress of the constant lawsuits and patent breaches wore his brother down. If that's the case, then stop doing them. Mm. Just build the planes and enjoy the skies. Just enjoy the skies. Just enjoy the skies. It's too bad because I've heard Boston's really nice. So it's it's too bad that he died before he got there mm. or he fell ill. But just when uh, Orville was at his lowest moment, mm-hmm. in January 1914, a US Court of Appeals announced a landmark and to some surprise ruling that Wright brothers were declared pioneers in the practical art of flying. And it ruled that for every plane made in America, Orville would be able to charge his competitors a 20% royalty. What? Even if they're not using his design. So, if you, so pretty much he's got a, um, like a monopoly on planes. Wow. Make a wow. plane, 20% to the right man. 20%. That's, that's big. Big. That's huge. But Uh-oh. there is one man he refuses to give his license to. You guessed oh, it. Oh, no. Old bad boy Glenn Curtis. He will not even give him the license. Mm-mm. So he can he can KB people too. Yeah. Wow. Glenn mm. Curtis was bankrupted by the brothers twice. Whoa. Oh, what a dog. He had heaps of innovations ready to go, but wasn't able to market them because of this patent. He wanted to... So he was the one who was going, I'll make the... Let's work together at some yeah. point, right? Yeah, he was. He, was like, he wasn't being an asshole at all. He was trying to help them. You know, rising tide lifts all ships. You know what I mean? The tide is high. And we're moving on. Orville apparently felt vindicated by the court's decision and much to the frustration of his company's executives, he didn't push vigorously for further legal action to ensure a manufacturing monopoly that would keep going. He just thought, they said I was right. I'm happy. Uh, Wilbur had always been the driven one of the pair. In July 1914, World War One broke out and aviation was used in warfare for the first time. Germany, over the war, made nearly 50,000 advanced aeroplanes. However, aviation development in the US was so suppressed by the legal proceedings of people constantly suing each other to such an extent that when the US entered World War I a few years later, no acceptable American-designed planes were available and US forces were compelled to use French machines. Wow. So no one in America could make advanced aeroplanes. The Wrights had neglected their own designs for so long that they were now obsolete and useless in warfare. Wow. Because they've got those cl- cloth-covered wooden planes, but Americans have that Red Baron-style metal biplanes. The yeah, Germans. Okay, yeah, sure. Sorry, the Germans have the, you know, those, those biplanes. Yeah. So the Wright, they would just get smashed if they went out there in the, yeah. the Wright flyer. Uh, the U.S. entered the war in 1917, and the U.S. government had to step in and resolve the patent dispute in order to get their people making aeroplanes again. 
The U.S. government, as a result of a recommendation of a committee formed by Franklin D. Roosevelt, then Assistant Secretary of the Navy, pressured the industry to form a cross-licensing organization called the Manufacturers Aircraft Association. Basically, all aircraft manufacturers were forced to join the association, and each member was required to pay a comparatively small blanket fee for each aeroplane manufactured, and of that, major part would go to Wright and Curtis Companies. Okay. So instead of Wright getting 20% of everything, now he gets about 1% and Curtis gets about 1%, so everyone gets an even share. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, that seems nicer, but... So for a small fee, everyone can make planes and use everyone's designs because they just need to build something for the fucking war. Mm. That's what's going on. So basically, the patent war is finished. Curtis immediately began producing aeroplanes and his years of experimentation and innovation paid off because he suddenly sold 7,000 of his uh, Curtis J4s, nicknamed Jennies. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Overnight, he has he had so many orders, he became the largest aeroplane manufacturer in America. Wow. Overnight. This guy's been bankrupted twice, and now he's like, show me the money. So the, the World War really helped him. Big time. After, oh. after the war, his business continued to prosper, though, and by... By 1920, when he decided to retire, he had made $32 million. Wow. That was a lot of money back then. Just equivalent of three over $300 million by today's standards. Oh, my God. So he's been bankrupt, not very rich, and he's like, that's just his personal wealth. Holy shit. That's amazing. And then he retired to Florida, and he was still the director of the company, but he didn't really do much anymore. He just lived it up. That's the way to he do it. He would have retired relatively young then. Because he was younger, he was seven years younger than... He would have been in his 40s. Yeah. Oh, nice. Silver Fox. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With salt and pepper. Yes. $300 million cash. Mr. Sheffield. (laughs) He was rich. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he comes up every episode now. Every episode. (laughs) Mr. Sheffield. (laughs) Uh, The patent sharing arrangement was only designed to last for the duration of the war, but in 1918... The litigation was never renewed. Orville, who cared little for the business side of their work, sold sold his rights in the company in 1915. So he he bailed. Wow. Couldn't be bothered anymore. He made his last flight as a pilot in 1918 and spent the last three decades of his life serving on boards and committees relating to aeronautics. Wow. He cut off communication with his sister Catherine when she married in 1926. <gasps> Curtis. Oh. God, that'd be so oh, good. Oh, no, it's not that Imagine bad. Imagine that. <laughs> It's not that bad, but it's bad. Neither Orville nor Wilbur ever married. Oh. He was greatly upset by his sister's choice to marry, even though she was 52 and had been single this whole time. She got married at 52. Yeah. Give her a break. Wait, so it wasn't... He was just angry she got married at all? Yeah. Everything I read about it said that he was just annoyed at it. And I was thinking, maybe it was because the husband had been married before and he, he was widowed. Maybe that's why. But I think... The, what I, what I was, the way I was reading it, he just felt betrayed that she... So he it was into his sister. I don't know if he's into it, but it's just like, you know, they're always a family. Well, he wanted him for he wanted her for himself. No. Don't, isn't that how you're reading that? No. He cut her off I'm because she married someone. I'm reading it as a jealousy someone. thing, but not that he wants to. What's he jealous of? That now, like companionship, because he's yeah. his best friend, his brother's died, and now and then he's new, his other best friend's his sister, and then she he's leaves. Been re- he's been replaced now. She doesn't. She won't care about him anymore. But it is weird. It's super fucking weird. <laughs> A few years later, though, in 1929, so he cut off all communication to her, but then she got very sick. 
Uh-oh. And initially, he said he wouldn't see her. But in 1929, he had to be persuaded to visit Catherine on her deathbed and was there when she died. Oh. What a fuck. What a piece. I don't like the Wright brothers yeah. at all. No, they're not coming off that great, are they? They're kind of dicks. I'm in the Curtis camp. Camp Curtis. Camp Curtis. Big, big time. Hello, mother. Hello, father. This is me at Camp Curtis. <laughs> worth it. So worth it. <laughs> Uh, in April 1944, the second uh, production, Lockheed Constellation, piloted by Howard Hughes, who we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. he flew from uh, Burbank, California to Washington, D.C. in just under seven hours, which is a record at the time. On the return trip, the airliner stopped at Wright Field to give Orville Wright his last aeroplane flight more than 40 years after his first historic flight. Aww. So just a sign of respect type thing, because he was quite old by then. Apparently, he may have even been briefly handed the controls. (laughs) He commented that the wingspan of the constellation was longer than the distance of his first flight. Hmm. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Orville died on... (laughs) That was was so nice. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) So genuine. He had a quip. (laughs) It was like you say, wow, like you believed that the wingspan was. It was. Wait, it was. Very good. I'm Orville. having a real good. I'm having a real good time. Orville. Sorry, all I wanted to do there was say Jess was being a dumbass, and then realise that I was being a dumbass. That's all I wanted to do, and I think I've achieved that. Did I? I'm not. You can retire happy. Uh, Orville died on January 30, 1948, over 35 years after his brother, wow. following his second heart attack. He had lived from the horse and buggy age right through to the dawn of supersonic flight. He was buried next to his brother, John Daniels, the Coast Guard, who took the uh, famous first flight photo, that first ever photo of him flying, Mm -hmm. died the next day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now I just feel self-conscious every time I say wow. But genuinely wow. Oh, wow. In the final uh, postscript. Self-conscious. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. The final postscript, maybe possible fun fact of the story. Mm-hmm. In a weird coming together of old enemies, the Wright Aeronautical Corporation, so the Wright's business, mm-hmm. a successor to the original Wright company, ultimately merged with the Curtis Aeroplane and Motor Company. As it should have. And became Australia. <laughs> On July 5th, 1929, forming the Curtis Wright Company shortly before Glenn Curtis's death of appendicitis in 1930. It should have been that way from the beginning. It should have basically. been. They finally came together. And Curtis Wright is still a hugely successful multi-billion dollar company awesome. with over 10,000 employees worldwide. Really? That's awesome. Had no idea. What do they do? Make uh, bikes? It's, no, it's mainly mechanical parts now. Hmm. But that is the story of the Wright brothers and Glenn Curtis. What a, what a tale. A tale as old as time itself. Really? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Well, the, I just I, thought that was a cute thing that he said. It is a nice thing. I'm, I'm with you. It's real cute. Now, I'm jerks. Sorry. I feel like I knew nothing about the Wright brothers. Yeah, I, I knew nothing about it. I thought they might have been good people. I had yeah. a feeling they were from New Zealand. Um, no. And I. Th- wow, you really knew less than I did. Yeah. So they, they had no connection to New Zealand at all? Not that I came across. Did New Zealand have anything to do with early flight? Not that you came across. Huh? I don't know what I'm thinking about. I'm yeah. thinking about uh, that flightless bird, probably. The kiwi? The kiwi. <laughs> yeah. New Zealand has a bird that can't fly. The Wright brothers must have been from New Zealand. Mm. That was my connection. I thought those were like yin and yang and they cancelled each other out. You know what I mean? 
I know what you mean. I don't think I know what he means. <laughs> thank you to everyone who suggested the Wright Brothers as a topic. We may have missed some other people, so if you did suggest it, thank you very much. We always appreciate when you guys give us cool topics to report on, which a lot of people are. And uh, we also like to thank everyone that helps support the show via Patreon, patreon.com slash do go on pod. And a very specific shout out to three people now I would like to thank. Mm-hmm. A hero <gasps> amongst men. Wow. wow. And animals. Okay. What? Dr. Doolittle himself. What? All the way from NYC, New York City, you know, the Big Apple, aka the home of Jake Sullivan. I'm flying here. (laughs) I'm flying, Jake. (laughs) You're flying Jake. I'm Jake in here. I'm Jake and Jake. Jake, Jake and Jake. Jake, have we said your name enough? Every word becomes Jake now. Thank you to Jake. Thanks so much for supporting the show. All the way, it's, it still blows my mind that people across the world support the show. It's pretty so cool. Thank you, Jake Sullivan. Well, speaking of people across the world, um, <gasps> I would like to thank a friend of ours from Seattle. Oh, <gasps> birthplace of grunge. And from one side of the country to the other. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Chris mm-hmm. Cornell. Yeah. I know, I, you know, you, you want me, my grief to be over, but. Oh, I don't want your grief to be over. I want you to stop interrupting my sentence, but I'm trying to thank. <laughs> Same difference, Jess. <laughs> I'm trying to thank one of our listeners and friends. Do you think he's listening to it on the top of the Space Needle right now? This? Uh, um, Do you reckon he's watching it from, uh, listening to it from uh, Fraser's house? Yeah, definitely. Maybe I hear the music Anyway, that's this favourite song of our good friend Alex Wu. Which is a fantastic oh, name. Alex Wu. That is a sweet Alex name. Alex has wooed me. Oh, great. Yeah. We're to Are you be moving wed. to Seattle? We're to be wed, yes. Was he moving here? He's moving here. Oh. He's taking my name. The ultimate sacrifice. No, we're hyphenating. Woo Perkins. Wookins. We're going to just make oh. life. We're going to combine. That is not how a hyphen works, but I think it's even better. Okay. I changed my mind. We're going to create our own hybrid. Oh, no, that. but I do like the name. Which is quite progressive. Woo hyphen Kins is quite nice. Yeah. Wookins. Wookins. Yeah, Wookins is nice. That's cute, isn't it? Mm. Alex and Jess Wookins. So that's nice. Well, surely you'd hyphen. Wouldn't you merge both names? So you just become one person? Is that what marriage is all about? A less Wookins. What about Pookins? No. Poo hyphen kins. <laughs> I won't have it. Okay, Alex. Balls in your court. Yeah, persuade your wife. <laughs> to be. All right. And I'd love to thank, uh, a little closer to home, uh, from Shepparton, Victoria. Shep. The land. Who, who, who's from Shepparton? We've got Briggs. Australian rapper Briggs. Oh, yeah. Briggs. Okay, yep. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've done a gig there. Shep Life. So that counts. It's a cool town. Anyway, uh, this guy. <laughs> I don't wait, I. I'm relevant. I'm cool. I know what towns are. <laughs> I think we we do tend to attract awesomely named people, mm-hmm. and this is this is up there with at least the two you've just said. Probably better than those, to be honest. Wowzers. Okay. Okay. Little as, as may, on the behalf of Jake Sullivan, I'm a bit upset. But I, I think I think it might be my favourite name uh, ever. A lot of hype. What is Jaunty it? O'Neill. Oh, fuck How yeah. good's that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, right. Jake and Alex, but that is awesome. Jaunty. Jaunty O'Neill. Jaunty O'Neill. That's a great... That so would be a good, good. pub name. Oh, I'm going to meet you at the Jaunty. Hold the beer. Oh. I mean, hold the food. Shit. <laughs> you can hold the beer, but when I get there, you're going to have to pass it to me. Yeah, okay. So I can drink hold it. it. It's going to be warm. No, I'm going to hold I it imagine, in my pants. I imagine us holding a beer and Dave just lapping at it like a cat. <laughs> yeah. But how good. do I get the bottom bit? <laughs> This makes no sense. Pushing his face into it. (laughs) He just 
drinks the tops of beers. <laughs> He's a real head man. I've Loves head. I've had 30 pints. And I've only had about 50 mil of drink. <laughs> Fuck, alcohol's expensive, isn't it, guys? I love shot glasses, though. You can get right to the bottom of them. Get my tongue in there. Have a slurp. <laughs> He's very good at lick, lick, sip, suck. Lick, sip, lick, sip, suck. Is that it? Yes. Good. <laughs> People don't do that much anymore. It was a real popular thing back in the day. What, in the 70s? When I was a boy, yeah. <laughs> 1870s. When I was a boy. Was it you lick the uh, kerosene? <laughs> lick the battery. Sip the... <laughs> Sip the um, asbestos. I'm trying to think of other out, outdated things that people don't use anymore because they're unsafe. And then suck. Suck the penny farthing tire. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. Oh, we made it. Thank you so much to everyone that does support us through Patreon. It's really taken a kick lately and we are well uh, in sight of the goal of Jess and Matt getting a tattoo. Remember, <laughs> if Matt wins, you get, well, you get to vote who gets the tattoo. And then if Matt wins, you get to vote what he gets tattooed on him. Yeah. The goal I'm still excited about is our first international tour, which is obviously ages away, but still, we're getting we get there. there. We're getting there. Oh, you were... Every day we're a little bit closer. If we go, can we go to Washington, D.C., to the Smithsonian so we can see the, the Wright Brothers plane? Yes. I reckon we're going to map it out so we go through everywhere we can try and see all these things. We've got to go to Dayton, Ohio. Oh, my God. We've got to go to the Space Needle. You know, we've talked about a lot of things on this podcast. <laughs> no, we've probably covered about 20 states. And by the time that that goal is reached, it will be another couple of years away, probably. Uh, my dream is to see Mount Rushmore. Man, I want to see that. Yeah, yeah. all right. Well, now we've mentioned it, so now we fucking have to. Ah, El- boys. We've got to get a Elvis's uh, ranch. Yeah. Oh, Graceland. Graceland. I'm going to Graceland. Graceland. Memphis, Memphis Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> but uh, every dollar gets us a little bit closer and you can get rewards like uh, bonus episodes that we do once a month, exclusive stuff. Uh, we do like a newsletter sometimes and uh, all kinds of stuff. But only if you uh, help us out through patreon.com slash do go on pod. A way of keeping the show going, and another way of keeping the show going is suggesting topics. Uh, all the links are in the description of the episode, but Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You type in at DoGoOnPod to find us on email. We're DoGoOnPod at gmail.com. Um, thanks to Planet Broadcast. We don't give them Planet Broadcasting. We don't give them much of a uh, shout-out, but there's awesome other podcasts you can check out on the on the network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two on the think tank. tank. One of my favourites. Dragon Friends. Don't you know who I am? Jess and Matt have been on that show with Josh Earl, an awesome quiz show lately, so check that out. And of course, The Weekly Planet. Who could forget? Who could bloody forget? Who could bloody forget those two beautiful boys? Beautiful, beautiful brother boys. So I've forgotten. What, what's that? Oh, no. No, that's a great show. That's one of my favourites. Love it. I uh, oh, love it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back with a brand new report next week. And, uh,. And I've got to put up my new uh, Patreon poll. You can vote for my next topic. Who knows what the uh, subject matter will be, but I'll put three together and hopefully, Matt, will do you proud. Hopefully. This yeah, time. you've got a little bit of work to do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I want to see, I wanna see you What's be able it? to get more than at least 40 or 50%. What's the opposite of beginner's luck? Yeah. Beginner's being shit. Yeah. You got that. You got a case of the beginner's being shit. I beginner's right. fucked it. Nice. I thought it went quite well. It mm. was great, David. Oh, look, you're beautiful. The I think I think the the voters did as as well as they could with what you offered, but 
Hopefully an improvement in three weeks' time. Hopefully, but there's only one way to find out. That is to listen to the show. But until then, I will say goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> wow.